Hi, and welcome to today's episode of Bookish. I'm so happy to be here with you and with our guest, Miss Judy Bailoff. She is the author of 365 Days of Abundance, and she's here to talk to us about her book and abundance and wealth and all the good stuff. So hello, Judy. Happy to have you. How are you? Hi, Ebony. Happy to be here. I'm so happy to see you. You look so bright and vibrant and ready to go. And mm-hmm. this should well, it's be because great- my book is right in the picture. Like, uh, yeah, everybody can see the colors. And I noticed the colors, the cutter- colors are so what is the word? I mean, I keep saying vibrant, but lively, uh, beautiful, inner that. Thank you. That's the word energetic, energetic. So Judy, I know you've had quite a life. <laughs> quite a life. Uh, yeah, you've been through a lot, uh, including seven careers and two husbands and four kids and uh, open heart surgery and strokes. Did you have strokes? Five of them. Five strokes. Okay. So, um, and I feel like I'm probably missing some things here, but but can you tell us how after you have been knocked down so many times, how did you get up and just keep going? It's a life story and I think everybody has one. And for a long time, I didn't think there was anything unique or special about me as I kind of looked at life as a set of passages. Mm -hmm. There was the passage growing up, then nursing school, then get married, have kids, you know, like each one had. And so I kept just looking for a career that would work in that particular time of life. Little kids at home, what can you do that works? Life kept going on and after a 27 year marriage, my ex-husband was unfaithful multiple times and I finally said, kids are raised, it's time for me to go find love. So I went on match.com, I found my wonderful husband after 22 dates. And so we've been together for almost 20 years, been married for 14. So match.com 20 years ago, really? Yeah, I guess so, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. When it started, it was brand new back then. Yeah. Wow. Evolved quite a bit. But so I married him. And a few years into our marriage, actually seven years into our marriage, my doctor diagnosed me with having a a defective aortic valve. And it had never caused any problems. But as I got into my 60s, it started, um, the valve started narrowing. They call it stenosis. And and it will cause heart damage eventually because as the blood gets pushed through the heart, it's like a a crimped garden hose. It shoves it out really hard and that wears away your left ventricle heart wall, Mm. which is not a good thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, you know, they said, hey, open heart surgery. We've done this thousands of times. You'll be in surgery for five or six hours. We'll put your blood in in a machine to circulate it so we can operate in a dry field. And they educate you very well about the surgery. So you go in knowing what what you're facing. Well, when I woke up, I literally dropped a Diet Coke can out of my right hand and it rolled across the floor. And I thought, good Lord, what's what's wrong with my right hand? And that's what led to them running a, a lot more tests and finding out that during the surgery, calcification had broken off from the heart valve, the old one, and traveled up to the cerebellum and caused five strokes. Mm. What those five strokes did, I learned eventually was took away my ability to read, write, 
do complex thinking. I'm not sure I ever did complex thinking, but they said I couldn't do it anymore. Uh, lost my balance and the use of my right hand. Oh my gosh. And what the cardiologist said was when David very angrily asked him, why wouldn't you tell us this could happen? Uh-huh. He said, there's so many side effects of major surgery. We just can't list them all. And uh, I wish I could tell you what your prognosis was. I can't. You could get everything back or you could get nothing back. So you kind of are looking at a situation where maybe you're going to be going to stroke daycare because uh -huh. you're not going to be able to work anymore and you can't take care of yourself and your husband has to go to work. Uh -huh. So it brings up a lot of boogeymen. You know what I mean? Like when you're in that place in your life. The way I got through it, number one was my faith. Number two, I realized that I had developed the habit. I didn't even know what they were called at the time. I had developed the habit of in the worst of situations, looking for anything that was good about it. Sending my, not letting the boogeyman in my brain say, this is horrible. You're never going to work again. You, you, you're going to have to get long-term care. Or you're going to have to use your long-term care insurance. Like I didn't let any of those thoughts in my head every day. I said my prayers and I said, the life I'm going to get back is the one that I want. It's going to be the one that has vacations in it and family and a great job. Well, I actually did recover enough to go back to work in 10 weeks. And my neurologist said, you don't have all your complex thinking back. <laughs> it's okay because I didn't know I had it to begin with, <laughs> but your brain will rebuild your neural pathways. If you go to work and you get, and you get active again. So, so excited. I went back to work. I ended up number 13 out of, of 36 enterprise business specialists. I had a very high director level job at a major U.S. bank. And they fired me. They let me go. You know, downsizing, whatever they call that. Mm -hmm. But what it really was is I was an elderly 64 white woman with a high salary but it cost them a lot of money and in insurance and they needed to cut. And I was a good place to cut. Mm. So at 64, I had to start over. I had to go find a new career, but let me tell you what actually controlling your thoughts does. I found a new career. And in that career, in the last five years, I've made over half a million dollars at an age when most women quit, right? At 64. Well, I'm close to 65. I might as well take my social security and just do nothing. Right. <laughs> but I not only did that, but it was through that career that I met Bob Proctor, who was my mentor. Hmm. And that's where I started learning about the universal laws. And I put together in 2021, January of 2021, I woke up one morning and I said, somebody should write a book that people could use every day to stay on track. And in that book, there should be the Bible, the universal laws, the principles of success and wealth from Think and Grow Rich, and an affirmation to start the day out right. Mm -hmm. And so I set a goal for myself to write it in eight and a half months so we could release it for Christmas. And I did it. So was was that was writing that book part of how you were able to get up and start over after all of this happened? Was that part of the process, the healing process for you? Well, it was, it was identifying what the healing process had been. Oh. I didn't know, I didn't know to call it the law of attraction or the law of vibration right, or the right, right, law right. of relativity or the law of divine oneness. 
We all live by these universal laws, whether or not we understand them or know them. Uh-huh. Isn't it a lot better to understand them right. and be able to use them in our life? So what are they? The first one is a universal law of divine oneness, God in us. You know how the Hindu people say namaste, mm-hmm. I see God in you. I love that. I, I want somebody to see God in me. That would be cool, right? The second law is vibration. Now, vibration is that law that's more important than the law of attraction because you can't have the law of attraction without the law of vibration being in effect. The law of vibration is like, think of radio frequencies. So if you're driving on a car trip and you want to tune to hip hop music or Christian or country or whatever, you know which frequency it is, right? Mm -hmm. It's 96.7 or it's Mm 103.2. And if you go to that station, you will not hear any other music on that station except for the one that they say is on there, right? Mm -hmm. That's exactly how the universe runs. If you're on the wrong vibration, if you're on the vibration of gossip and sadness and complaining and negativity, You'll just attract more of it because that's the frequency you're on. Mm -hmm. But if you raise your vibrations to gratitude, joy, positive mental attitude, hopefulness, thank, you know, just all all the good things you know that are in life, you will A, attract people like that to you, which is wonderful, right? Mm -hmm. And B, you will start to attract whatever it is, money, good job. The world belongs to us. We were created by, if you can believe in the universe, you can believe in God. My choice is God. Yours could be universe, but this world, everything that already, everything that was made is already here. There's enough for everybody. We just have to ask for it and believe that we're going to get it. Mm-hmm. So the, so the first law is namaste. I, the, I see divine that. oneness. Yeah. Divine okay. oneness. Then the second one is law of vibration. What's the third one? Correspondence. Mm-hmm. Correspondence is talking about you talking to your subconscious. Mm-hmm. If you don't talk to your subconscious, guess who does? Whole rest of the world. Internet, radio, TV, friends, mothers, colleagues, neighbors. If you let everything in your brain, your subconscious will absorb all of it. The universal law of correspondence says, as within, so without. Mm-hmm. Whatever's on the inside of you is what your outside world will look like. And what's number four? Number four is vibration. Uh-huh. Um, attraction. I'm sorry. Uh, vibration is two, but attraction is four. You have to get them in the right order. Uh-huh. The next one is law of inspired action. Okay. Oh, now, okay. It's inspired action. I have an interesting story for you. Okay. My daughter's my editor. She, that's her career. She's a professional editor, but she edited my book for me. And when I went and saw the museum for Flight 93, the 9-11 flight, flight that crashed in the Pennsylvania field, mm-hmm. and I saw the story of these people on that plane that were so brave, and I wrote about it in the 9-11 post in my book for September 11th. And my daughter said, that's not fair, mom, that those people were different, that that's that's not inspired action. Inspired action needs to be for regular people on an everyday basis. And I said, I, I disagree. Every person in that plane was going home, going to vacation. They were no different than you and me. But when push came to shove, they had the value system inside, the positive mental attitude, the hopefulness, the belief in God, that whatever it was, that they looked at each other and said, 
patriotism for one, right? Mm-hmm. We can't let somebody destroy our capital or our White House. Right. That's the definition of an expired action. If you are living the right way when something needs to be done, you will be called to do it and you'll have the energy and the, and the smarts to get it done. Okay. Uh, law number six. six, perpetual transmutation of energy. Now, transmutation means that everything is always changing into something else, like solid turns to liquid, liquid turns to steam, steam turn goes up in the clouds, and then it comes down in rain. So we, that one's easy for us to understand. But actually, everything, the desk you're sitting at, the desk I'm sitting at, everything's vibrating. So everything's changing into something else. Mm. Think of an acorn. It changes into a giant oak tree. Everything that is in that oak tree is in that acorn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Think of that. It's kind of mind like when we're babies and we grow into. Exactly. Ebony. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The next one is the law of cause and effect. Now, we all learned this one from our parents and in school. If you do this, I'm going to do this. Right, <laughs> right. You clean yeah. up your room, you get your allowance. But cause and effect is bigger than that. It means that as we go through our days, whatever we do in the world, if we think nobody sees us and we're unkind to somebody, we're unfair to someone, that's coming back to us from someplace. So it's karma. Is it karma like? Well, it's it. Karma is the. Um, people use karma like the universal laws are higher than karma. Karma is just like the way everybody understands it. Okay. That, you know, you're going to get your just desserts and you mm-hmm. really are going to get your just desserts. Right, right. Um, law number eight is the law of compensation. Mm-hmm. Now this, my advice for your listeners on this one is Google Ralph Waldo Emerson and read his essay on compensation. Oh. It, is, it is the best work on it. It's brilliant. And compensation is a little bit like cause and effect, but it's more powerful. So it literally says that inside, there's a seed of equivalent benefit in everything that happens in your life. So if a negative thing like my open heart surgery happened, the seed of equivalent benefit was that I got to spend six weeks with my oldest daughter who I had, hadn't you know seen more than just Christmas and Easter for years. Mm-hmm. I got to understand how much my husband loved me. I got to see the miracle of healing. It's like what you were saying earlier, when you look for the good in within the the bad. Yeah. Okay. That's the interesting thing about the universal laws. They all work together. They can't work separately from one another. They all support and work together in our lives every day. It's really mind blowing. Law number nine is relativity. This is the one I use every day everything's remember this just say maybe no matter what happens ebony just say maybe maybe it's good maybe it's bad i'm not going to get emotionally involved in this because i don't know maybe it's good maybe it's bad that's good number 10 is the universal law of perpetual motion okay this means everything is always moving Mm -hmm. and it's the law that keeps the sun and the moon and the stars in the sky. Mm-hmm. It's, it's part, the, the law of gravity is part of you, the universal law of parental motion. It's what keeps you standing up and not falling over. It's just a fabulous law when you go out and look at nature and see the perfection of the seasons. 
-hmm. Don't winter, spring, summer, and fall always come every year of your life, no matter what happens. Right. Yeah. There's something to be grateful for that we never thought of. Right. Mm -hmm. Let's be grateful for that. Number 11 is the law of polarity. Everybody gets this one at the base, but it's actually more complex. At the basis of it, it's there's an opposite for everything. Good has bad, light has dark, sweet has sour, et cetera, et cetera. The law of polarity is actually more powerful in that if you're in a bad situation, one way to figure your way out of it is think of what the opposite of this bad situation would be. So if I'm struggling to get business in my job, the opposite of that would be is that I'm enormously successful. Okay, what does enormously successful look like? What do I need to do? Mm. It'll sometimes get us out of a rut. Mm. Polarity also applies to male-female relationships. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be a man and a woman, but male characteristics, female characteristics. And if you don't have that opposite attract, you know how they say opposites attract? Right. Well, that polarity, when you get relationships where the man, the, the, the two people in the relationship get an unbalance of they have, both of them have more feminine characteristics or both of them have more masculine, they end up with a friendship, not a romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. So the universal law of polarity is actually kind of fascinating that way. Mm-hmm. And the last one is the law of giving and receiving. Now you're kind of saying to yourself, well, Judy, this sounds kind of like cause and effect and it sounds kind of like compensation, but it's different than that. This law says that there is no way humanly possible that you can be generous and not get more back than you gave. And I have a great story for it. A guy named R.G. Letourneau invented earth moving machines back in Texas, back in the 40s and 50s, maybe 50s, yeah. Well, when he died, they found out that he had given 90 cents of every dollar to his employees and benefits into his community in hospitals and school. And he was still a multimillionaire. Wow. 90 cents of every dollar. He is a perfect example of the law of giving and receiving. So that's the 12 universal laws. And that's a third of the book, or more like half of the book, because the other half of the book is the 13 principles of success and wealth from Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich. Oh, right, right. Yes, that's a great book, right? Yes, it's a great a thick book. book, too. Um, um, Judy, so when people say, I mean, we've, we've gone through these 12 laws. When So when people say that they're unlucky, is it that they are unlucky or is there something else that's holding them back? Well, we all hear that a lot, a lot. And we've all had a friend that says, nothing ever goes right for me. I have car accidents. I get sick. My mom dies, yada, 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 yada. The problem is, is we all run on autopilot. So we keep attracting the same things over and over and over again. If we learn to control our thoughts through auto-suggestion, through talking to ourselves instead of letting everybody else tell us how we should act, we will find our luck changing very quickly because I have seen it happen in my life. I have been the healthiest I have ever been the last two years. I used to get bronchitis every year that went in pneumonia. I haven't had it for two years. And since I've been living these principles, I'm not sick. I, my, my, I have success in my job. My marriage is wonderful. My family relationships are better. I have literally found the keys to the kingdom. So, okay. in, in controlling your thoughts, mm-hmm. how, because I do believe there's like the seven P's to control your thoughts. Can you talk a little bit about that? I developed these because I, 
I saw myself get in situations where my paradigm or my subconscious, whatever, however I usually reacted to traffic, somebody cutting me off, making me late. Um, oh, remember in 2020, if anybody was on the opposite side of the political ideas that you'd have horrible, nasty fights, like you, people got yeah. angry and stressed. And I saw myself in both those situations and said, I didn't, I didn't act the way I wanted to act. I reacted. Mm-hmm. And so I really, I was just inspired. This was inspired action. I used one of the universal laws and I said, I literally asked God, I said, what would help me so I could help other people figure out how to control their thoughts? Seven Ps. It just popped into my head, like out of nowhere, seven Ps. So the first one is you're in bad traffic and somebody just cut you off and put you farther back. And you want, you want to pound the steering wheel and go, what is your problem? Like be a good person. Take powerful breaths, three of them. Mm-hmm. Okay, if that doesn't work, pull the rubber band. I keep a rubber band on my wrist. Just pull it. Oh, that stings a little bit. But what it does is it puts you back in your body and mm-hmm. you go, hey, how do I want to react? How do I want to act? I don't want to react. Mm-hmm. Number three, say a quick prayer to the universe or God. God, help me be sweet about this. Help me be patient. Help me notice the other people. You're still not in control. Use patience. Count to 10 really fast. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. That puts you back in your brain so you can actually take control of it and say, what kind of person do I want to be? The fifth one is everyday positive mental attitude. Napoleon Hill says, this is the most important thing you can develop to have a happy and successful life, a positive mental attitude. Mm-hmm. The last two are things to work on before you get in the traffic or before you have the argument with your daughter or your friend is practice. It's called pattern practice. So look back in your past and pick three situations where you reacted, how you didn't want to react and rehearse a new way to do it. Say, next time that happens, I'm going to take three deep breaths like Judy talked about, or I'm going to pull the rubber band, or I'm going to count to 10, or I'm going to say a quick prayer. I'm going to do something besides scream, cuss, make a big mess of everything. Exactly. And And the seventh one is paradigm shifts. Now, remember, a paradigm is an, a, a group of ideas that we thought so many times they build a reaction for us in our subconscious. That's a paradigm. Mm-hmm. And to shift a paradigm, you have to identify it and then rework it. And the way to do that is I have a thing called back to the future exercise. Mm-hmm. Remember the movie? I thought the, yeah. I thought the name was cute because of the movie. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so what I do is look back in my past and see what the good that was that happened in that situation. Like, so I did it with my open heart surgery and I keep finding more and more things that were actually, I would not be sitting here talking to you if I had not had five strokes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would have ended up a banker. I would have retired. I'm 69. So I would have retired two years ago from banking and I don't know, gone and played tennis and had lunch with my girlfriends. I don't know. I have a much more exciting life than that. (laughs) I'm just having the time of my life because of those negative, those things that look negative, Mm -hmm. but weren't actually negative. They were something that was allowed into my life to help me grow and be a different person. Mm, That's beautiful. And, and lastly, um, when people talk to themselves in this world of negativity about their life and their job and organization, what should they do? 
you should be talking to yourself, but talk to yourself in a constructive way. So use the affirmations in my book or find some affirmations online. It's amazingly, it's, it's amazing the power of the spoken word. Mm-hmm. When you say out loud, I am a sweet woman. I don't, I, I don't even, I don't even use negative words anymore. Like I don't say, I don't screech. I just find all the positive words I can say because words, the law of attraction is always working, Ebony. Mm-hmm. Whatever you talk about is what you're going to get more of because mm-hmm. your subconscious is like, if you plant nightshade in the ground and you plant, plant corn next to it, they will both grow. One's poisonous and one is food because the ground doesn't know any different. Neither does your subconscious. Whatever you put in it, it will grow and attract more of. So that's why it's so important to talk to yourself. There's a guy, um, what's his name? He had a a medical sanitarium in France, uh, Emile Emile Kuh. And he developed auto-suggestion that practice of talking to yourself for good reasons Mm -hmm. and his auto suggestion he told them to say it 20 times in the morning as they woke up and 20 times before they fell asleep at night it's really easy you can remember it every day in every way i'm getting better and better Mm. every day in every way i'm getting better and better now he was having them use it to improve their health because all the people that came to his sanitarium all left healthy and people you know, said to him, you're a miracle worker. He said, I didn't do any miracles. All I did was teach people to use their own thoughts to heal themselves. Mm-hmm. That's amazing, isn't it? Amazing yeah, it power of our brains. Yeah. And the power of our, our language. Of our language. Words. Yes. Words. Oh. Judy, this has been such an inspiring conversation. Ooh, I, I guess you'd expired talking about it. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. That's what makes it so inspiring. And I'm, I'm so glad that you uh, took the time to go over each of those 12, the 12, what are they, the 12 uh, universal, universal laws. laws. Yeah. yeah, because these are things that are so, well, they're laws, so they are very much ingrained in our everyday life but we're just not aware of them. And it's like, once we begin to focus in on what's really happening underneath all of the fear or the anxiety, the sadness, the, then we can really begin to affect change, but it really starts with this, this knowledge, knowing this. So thank you You so much. What else? Yeah. Now that you know, the 12 universal laws, you're going to, because of the law of attraction, you're going to start seeing it everywhere. You're going to go like, why did I never notice this before this article or this TV show or like, you're going to see it everywhere. It's going to be so much fun. Right. Like when you notice, like when you get a new car and then you suddenly start noticing your model of car everywhere, you're like, oh, there's another, <laughs> there's my car, there's my car, there's my car. Yeah. That's so funny. Judy, tell us where we can find you and your wonderful book. You can try my website, judybailoff.com. That's really easy. Or of course, always available on Amazon. Easy peasy to get. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you so much. Bye, Judy. Bye. (laughs)